This is Billy Jaffe, and you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. Alright, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by Billy Jaffe of Nesson, New England Sports Network, and the NHL Network. Billy, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there with all this crazy stuff going on in the world. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, you know, missing hockey, but I guess that's all of us right now. Absolutely. Yeah, so you spent six years with the now-defunct Atlanta Thrashers uh, as their radio color commentator. How was the environment in Blue Land before your departure for New York? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was an awesome experience. I was, uh, I was given an opportunity much, you know, pretty much, honestly, that wasn't the beginning of my career, but it wasn't far from it when I fell fallen into broadcasting, but they gave me an opportunity to go down there to be their, their radio color guy. Um, but I also had a big role on TV and that was real important to me because I had done some TV stuff in my first two years in broadcasting. And so I was involved in a lot of stuff down there and it was, it was look different market. No doubt about it. Hockey was developing, but it was doing nice. And uh, we had some teams that were getting, better not great but better and um what ended up the demise down there and they lasted more years after i left before i went to new york to work with the islanders organization was that ownership finally at the time just wasn't committed to doing what they needed to do um to make the team not just you know viable but to make it really good and uh the ownership had an opportunity to sell it to winnipeg and so they did that yeah, I mean, we see the team that Winnipeg has become. We can only imagine the hockey hub that Atlanta could be could have become if the ownership had invested that time into it. Yeah, I, you know, it's it, Atlanta's a real different city. I don't know if you spent time there or not before. It's a, a, a they, they, many people down there kind of consider it a hub or the hub. I think it's one of the hubs of the southeast. Um, but it's a real transient city. Uh, may, you know, now there's more people that are from Atlanta than ever before. But even when I was there back in the early 2000s, there was still, I, I'd say, 80 percent, if not more, of the people were, yeah, I've been here for eight years, but I'm from here. I'm from there. I'm from somewhere else. And so that played a big role in it. And, you know, it takes time and it takes success for a team to get into the the, the innards, the blood, you know, the yeah. of locals to where they say, that's my team. No better example of that than Vegas. Vegas got right into it. Now, they had amazing success right away, too, given the, the, the quality of their team, and that obviously helped. But um, there's also no other pro sports teams in Vegas compared to other, there are other pro teams in Atlanta. And also, um, and this is getting off topic of TV, but here, but if you remember the the, the awful uh, the, the shooting that took place in Vegas right yeah. before the season began, that really galvanized the city. Where that was the first big event after that, and that galvanized the city. And, and I think that people took this horrific event and said, "Okay, we're going to get through this, and we're going to actually call this team ours. And they're going to help us get through it." And the team did just that. Exactly, and that's what that's that's the kind of thing that we need more of when we have terrible events. Is we need something like a sports team, or someone, or something to bring us all together and help us, like you said, galvanize the situation. Yeah, it helps. There's no question about it. I mean, sports are a release. Sports are an entertainment. Uh, they're they're a break from 
that's that's what they are, and that's what that's what they provide. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a big business. We all know that. But uh, when it's all said and done, it isn't life or death. We do treat it as life and death. Yeah, but it, but it really isn't. Yeah, so it, 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 we act like it, but it isn't. So shifting gears a little bit now, what was Versus like before it came became NBC Sports? Like, take us through the interior of Versus. That's what I grew up watching before it became NHL on NBC. Um, Versus was a work in progress early on, but um, they tried to do a few things different. They tried to, you know, they got thrown the first year into the mix before it was versus as OLN, also known as Outdoor Life Network. For those listening that don't remember, that was uh, basically where you went for hunting and fishing shows. Um, and so all of a sudden you've got the NHL on there and the jokes were endless at the time. Um, what was it? It was, look, it was the old, we're building from scratch. That's what they were doing. They, they you know, when the deal was consummated between the NHL uh, and in Comcast and they took it over to OLN it was like all right now what do we do like holy smokes let's you know we got to build the network so you went there and things were when I say bumpy at first it wasn't bad like people were intentionally that they were saying we're just working through so many layers of things that need to be done within a year year and a half things started to settle down we had some wonderful people there uh, they gave me really, you know, more every year, more and more and more of an opportunity to be part of it, uh, both as a as an analyst in the booth and also as a ringside in between the benches. Uh, I was the first one to do a game in between the benches for for OLN slash versus. Uh, you know, Pierre Maguire was doing it in Canada, but I think that I, I'm pretty sure, if memory serves me correct which don't always trust it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I was, I remember a game in St. Louis where they gave me the opportunity to do it from in between uh, the benches. And um, it was great. It was fun. And, and so I did a lot of ringside and I did a lot of in the booth. And I had a really good time there, worked with some awesome people. Yeah, I mean, I remember that was my go-to. It was Comcast Sportsnet, and then it was Versus. And those two, when I was growing up, it was those two networks. So thanks, thanks for being a part of that shaping of the hockey mindset. I, I hope we didn't damage it too much. No, you didn't. No, you loved it. You made me love the game, and I can't thank you enough for it. Thanks. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, so your first season with Nesson was the season that the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. How was that introduction for you in Boston? Well, it was my first full season was the season, actually the 11th season after they won. So I, Yeah, you started part-time, right? Well, no, they won ten. They won in ten eleven. The eleventh. I was actually on the. I was with the NHL Network for the end of that, and I covered. I was on the ice covering, you know, uh, all this stuff in two thousand and eleven, and just had a, a an awesome time with the NHL Network, and you know, they're helping out uh, with verses, etc. Um, the next year was the year I went in part time. So the eleven twelve. Okay. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And. How was it? Well, it was it was tons of fun. Um, it was, I mean, just amazing to be involved in such a great hockey market that Boston is, similar to Chicago. Um, Boston's not as big ge geographically and um, so, uh, population, but look, the whole area of New England is so passionate about their teams. It's 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 amazing. It's it's awesome to be a part of. Um, I think that. Uh, I can't 
came into it, and I was given the opportunity because I reached out to Nesson because Mike Milbury went from doing some stuff at Nesson and Hockey Night to go then to what became – it was Versus still, but it turned into NBC Sports Network. So NBC's people were bringing in all their own people. So follow the bouncing ball here. I was given an opportunity because Milbury was no longer going to do Bruins games for Nesson. And I said to my buddy, who was one of the execs at Ness, and I said, would you like another national guy like Milbury, even though he's also a former Bruin, but to be part of your broadcast? And they said, we hadn't thought about that. It worked out, though. And I did about 25 games the first year, and I traveled in because I was doing NHL Network, Nesson. I was still doing some MSG shows in New York City, and I was doing college hockey as well. Wow. So I wasn't living. So I traveled in, and and did that so it was a um it was it was quite an interesting experience to come into well look i have family from boston right yeah so it to me they're not really living here a few of them are but but i'm talking my mom grew up here my grandma oh yeah for sure boston really really well despite being a chicagoan by birth i i i I will admit blackhawks were my second favorite team as a child, the Boston Bruins were hand down my favorite team. You can't bo- just, can't go wrong there. Can't go wrong. No, although some of my Chicago teammates would say all the time <laughs> I screwed it up. Yes. Yeah. No, but it's it's a great environment working at Nesson and like the energy that people bring there. Want to focus focus on one particular source of energy in Jack Edwards, one of the most fiery voices in sports. How is he off the mic, and what is he like as a person? Good dude, passionate, uh, like as a person as he is uh, on the air. He he's he's unique, and, and I mean that in the it, it's not in a negative way. No, it's, it's you know Jack is Jack, and uh, you know Jack is his his. I, I mean, you know what I love about it is, is his own person, you know, and how he is, and 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 he is, um, you know, I, I, I mean, we all have our own style. We all have our own temperament on air as well, and Jack brings a different level uh, and a different style, but that's him. That, and, and so his preparation is outstanding. He works his ass off. I can't ever, you know, like, I mean, you know, I never, this is my philosophy of anybody in our business. You know, broadcasters to me are like are like wine. Um, I don't know if you're really a wine drinker, given your age. I won't say anything. Uh, but you know, No, nah, a couple wine, years. There's all these different types of wine. Some people love, some people dislike. It's the same bottle. Well, broadcasters the same thing. Every every broadcaster brings their own vintage, their own brand, their own type of grape, etc., etc., etc. And and some of them hits the palate in a certain way. Some like and some don't. So I always have this philosophy: if you work hard and respect the game, whatever game that is, but in particular hockey here, if you work, you prep. You, you respect it. You do what's called for. Then, you know what? Style is your own style. Some people love, some people don't. So, so getting back to your original question, he works as hard as anybody. He brings it. He loves it. He respects it. So that's him. Yeah, so that I, I love Jack. I know he gets a lot of flack for being really passionate, but that's what we love in the broadcast industry is people being passionate and bringing that energy night in and night out. Yeah, yeah, and passion is, you bring up that word, I mean, it, it's so important. Um, 
as far as I'm concerned, I have a kind of a, a belief. If I don't bring it, if I don't have passion and fun doing what I'm doing, then shame on me. Because when it's all said and done, it's just hockey we're talking about. That's it. We're all said and done. It's just hockey. Yeah. So, obviously, the Bruins are in a really good position going into the return-to-play protocol. How does the team stay fresh when they're given a bye like the Bruins have gotten? And how have you seen the Bruins kind of return to some sense of practice and normalcy with the return-to-play protocol? Well, I haven't gone. I mean, physically, I have not gone over to Warrior Arena because I'm not allowed. Yeah. That's just fine, okay? I'm absolutely have no issue with that. Yeah. Um, I... And I'm not following on a daily basis who's skating and who's not over there. That's just not my DNA. That's not how. But I can tell you that I know they're excited. Um, and I'm not convinced that every player is that excited. I, I would say more more than not. You know what I mean? But I know the Bruins are because I've connected with the that, that This is a great team. This is a team that has a legitimate chance uh, when this thing, you know, gets going, hopefully gets going. Yeah. Um, and they're a team that I think understand, and I know understands, that they're in this special place as a as a group of, of athletes that not everybody gets a chance to. Now, of course, they had the same type of opportunity last year only to lose in Game 7 to St. Louis, but almost all the team, not all, but almost all the team came back. They played at an incredibly high level. They genuinely care for each other. I'm talking, you know, you get a lot of, of the fodder at times where people say, oh, yeah, you know, this locker room is like family. We're brothers. And that's true for some teams, right? Not all, though. It's just not. There are some teams that are like, yeah, I like my team fought. This team yeah. genuinely loves each other. And so they're playing for each other. And so how do they get going? How do they keep fresh? You know what? You hope they got some older bodies, but these older bodies, whether it's a Char or Bergeron, a Krejci or Rask, these guys take fantastic care of themselves. I mean, start with Zidane Chara, freakishly in shape. I mean, phenomenal athlete, what this guy can do. And they're going to be ready. And they understand that their window is, sh- is short or small or whatever, you know, so that they're going to be ready in that regard for the return to play. And the, the whole, they have a few practice games. And then they're going to have this round robin to establish reseeding for the top four teams, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm still I'm still brushing up on all of my return to play stuff. They'll, they'll, you know, how are they going to treat those games? I'm, I am curious to see because are you going to play Bergeron all three games? I don't think so. You know, are you going to play Steven Stamkos all three after he's coming back from injury? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you know, what are teams going to do? I'll be curious to see how they treat it. Yeah, that that's really going to be interesting. So what is your favorite moment from broadcasting, whether it's with the Wolves in the IHL or now with NHL Network and Nesson? What is what is probably the moment that you're going to look back on and say, wow, I'm so lucky that I was here and I'm going to remember this forever? Uh, there's too many. Um, I got asked a very similar question actually yesterday talking with somebody else, and it, it, it was hard. Uh, I can tell you to, in, 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 in lightning quick reply, there were a few moments that were incredibly special. Uh, the Working the Big House, University of Michigan uh, outdoor game, working uh, Wrigley Field in between the benches for NHL radio during the game against Detroit, the outdoor game, working Stanley Cups, being on the ice in particular for the Bruins winning it, very special. Um, 
the Wolves winning an IHL championship with them in what would be my first full year uh, as a broadcaster um, was awesome, unbelievable. I mean, Don Levin and his people, uh, at that time it was Kevin Dayoff and John Anderson and others. Wendell Young was still playing. I mean, just a great, fun way to be involved. You know, I was much younger then, and I, you know, I would skate with the guys at times, you know, so it was, it was still kind of, you had a different vibe. But uh, a moment that will always stand out for me and I, to- I told this the other day, too, was in 2011 when I sat down with somebody who I'd only met once or so before, uh, but I ended up having a long conversation with him for an interview for the NHL Network. And then since then, uh, we've been very friendly, and when I mean friendly, whenever we see each other and talking, and, and we sat down and had other long conversation, and that's Bobby Orr. And to sit there and to do a, con- a, a, a you know a long uh, flowing interview with Bobby Orr in Boston Garden to talk about the team's opportunity to make it to the Stanley Cup final and and to sit there and to have Bobby be as genuine, as kind, as engaging, as just amazing as he always is. Um, and then and and you know and, and then the, yeah, the interview turned out great and then just develop relationship and now being a Bruin broadcaster even more so. That moment always back in 11 stands out to me as one of the great moments where I felt like I was a 12-year-old kid again. I did. I, you know, after the interview, it was just kind of like, holy smokes, that that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I remember my interview with Eddie Olchek. That was that was really that's that was the, the that was the moment where I was like, holy smokes. It's Eddie Olchek. I'm talking with this guy that I grew up listening to him call the game. Obviously, I wasn't old enough to see him play, but but just going, I, I feel what you're feeling, and that's that's really just that special moment when you realize you get to talk with one of those guys who you grew up listening to or watching. Yeah, and I'm a lot older than you, but I'm not even. I'm, I only watch Bobby. I'm, I'm talking a little bit. Bobby's career was at the end when I was just you know, six, maybe seven years old when he finished with his year with the Blackhawks. And I remember him getting traded to the Hawks and wondering how that could happen after knowing what a legend he was. You know, at six years old, you didn't understand. No. Um, but just to know what he's all about and what he meant to the game. Um, and then just to, just to have this conversation, like we're sitting down having beers after this conversation, it was just, it was... It was a great moment, and and I've had many many other conversations with him since then. But that moment will forever stand out. Yeah, this that's that's a moment I hope to do. I hope to interview the great Bobby Orr one of these days. I hope to live up to that and talk with him, Billy. Before we head out, anything else you want to add for our listeners in Chicago and Boston beyond? Uh, just know that I still love Chicago. I mean, my family is still there, too. I miss, uh, well, the old Unos and Duets and Lou Malnati's. Yeah. Uh, I used to work for Vienna Beef, so I'm a true, true Chicago-style hot dog guy. Never catch up on a hot no. dog. If you do that, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> but I, I actually worked for the Vienna Beef Company for a couple of years in national sales before I, I fell into broadcasting and had the opportunity. So awesome people there. Um, and I... It, nothing else i just hope that everybody remains safe remains healthy remains smart and and sane and i hope we can get some form of hockey back Uh, but more important i hope as a society we can get our bearings and uh become more functional again absolutely billy jaffe thank you so much for the time okay